tonight, man, it's going to be me and you. We're just going to kind of sit down, drink a cup of coffee, or throw the football a little bit, and we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about this thing called manhood and what it looks like for us to be God's man. Think about this for me just a moment, guys. If your wife is a believer, then God has allowed you to marry his daughter. Wow. Which means by default, you answer to your father-in-law, her daddy, God. So with that in mind, let's talk about what it means to be God's man, continuing with this theme of one life, one God, one glory. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Here's our family truth for tonight. God's man leads his wife and his family with a heart of utter dependence. Now, obviously, I'm talking to the men tonight, but I would encourage everyone to listen because the principles that we're talking about will apply to many of us, or if not all of us in the room. So listen, even if you're not a guy. Family truth again, God's man leads his wife and family with a heart of utter dependence. Guys, all of us in this room If we've been called to be a husband, we want to know that we're doing this husband thing well. I think this video gives us a good picture of that. I like everything you're telling me about the five-star safety rating, the DVD player, and the 10-year warranty, and all that cash back is pretty amazing. But I need to gesture aggressively with my hands so my wife thinks that I am really working you over to make this deal. I got your back. He's tough. <laughs> we, hurry India. we all want that, oh, that, that look of, I'm so proud of you. You're the man. We all want that. So let's talk about being a man tonight. We can all come up with our ideas of what it means to be a man. But in order for us to understand what it means to be a man, I think it's important for us to understand what our roles are as men and women in the context of family. And God's word very clearly lays that out for us. Let's look first of all at Proverbs chapter 6 beginning of verse 20. This is a father talking to his son, giving wisdom to his son. And he says, my son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now, according to this scripture, the father is the what? He's the commander. You're exactly right. The father is the commander and the mother is the? She's the teacher. Right. Now, here's the question. Why is this significant? Well, God answers this for us in a few verses later. He says, for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. Now, think about this. God is saying that the Father is the lamp of the family. He provides stability for the family. He gives direction and insight to the family. And it says the mother is the light in the lamp. She gives the heart, the radiance 
the light in the family. She's the one that sets the tone in the home. That's huge for us to understand. But man, what happens so many times is we become specialists at what what our wives should be doing. And ladies, if you're not careful, you become specialists at what your husband should be doing. See, we've bought into this idea that if we could just find the right person or turn them into the right person, then we'd have a wonderful marriage. But the truth of the matter is, if we would work on becoming the right person, our marriages will be much stronger and much more stable. Here's what we can conclude from these verses. Children receive their direction from their father, and children receive their spirit and their attitude from their mother. Now, wives, listen carefully. When you exhibit little respect and honor for your husband in his leadership role, and you dishonor him with a disrespectful attitude, it makes it very difficult for your children to honor their parents, especially their father. Again, we're going to be spending our time in Ephesians chapter 5. And this is one of the clearest chapters in all of the Bible on our specific responsibilities as husbands and wives. And tonight, as I said earlier, man, it's just going to be me and you. I'm going to focus on you. Now, let me give you a disclaimer, man. I'm one of you. Okay, so for me, this is personal. So I'll tend to be a little bit more difficult on you, but here's basically what I'm going to expect from you men. I'm going to expect for you to step up and man up. Simple as that, because again, this is very personal to me. Here's what we find, guys, when we travel around the United States and we, we, we come in contact with men. There's two basic problems that we see with men. Number one is a head problem. We're just kind of clueless sometimes. We don't know what our responsibility is or what it means to be God's man. We don't have the correct information. We don't know what the Bible says about being God's man. We don't have an understanding of the heaviness of the responsibility of being God's man. Or maybe we just didn't have a proper role model as a man. I I didn't. Uh, My biological father is a believer, but, but he's a retreater. When things get difficult, he just retreats. And my stepdad, he's my daddy. He's been my dad since I was two. He was a, he was, he's not a believer, and he's very passive. He just doesn't say anything at all. So I didn't have this proper role model to understand what it means to be a spiritual leader in my home, to be the head of my home. But the good news is with a head problem, we can fix a head problem. We can study and we can listen and we can obey and we can begin to apply what God teaches us in these days. But there's a second kind of problem, that's a heart problem. And this is a much more serious problem because you see with a heart problem, we understand what our responsibility is and we know what the Bible says about being a spiritual leader. We just choose to do otherwise. I love this testimony. We were in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. This is what Wayne said. He said, God found me playing the part of a coward and a fool. I was a coward for not stepping up to the plate and being the spiritual leader of my home. And a fool for the very same reason. Through each night of the summit, I knew God was at work telling me and teaching me how to take on that role. He knows I'm still a work in progress. 
But I now know that even though I'm learning how to be that leader, he will keep showing me how to keep moving forward in him. You see, men, we choose to ignore our roles in one of, one of two ways, if not both. Number one, we abandon our roles. This is rooted in passivity. This is one of the greatest struggles that we face as a man. We bought into the idea that it's easier to be passive or it's easier to retreat when difficult circumstances begin in our lives. This is a guy that just kind of shuts down and says nothing because it seems to be easier that way. The second way that we ignore our role is we abuse our roles. We abuse our roles. We lord over or we dominate our wives and we dominate others around us. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 26, Jesus talking to his disciples, he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. And then he says this, It shall not be so among you. Listen to me, men. No real man lords it over his bride or lords it over anyone else. Here's the seriousness of this issue, men. When we choose sin and we choose selfishness rather than being obedient to God's word in the area of leadership, we render ourselves ineffective as a man and as a leader. Because what happens is our choosing to ignore our role affects our prayer life. Let me help you understand that a little bit. Look at 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Look at Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. God says, if you're not going to live with your wife in an understanding way, if you're going to turn your ear away from my law, he says, talk to the hand. I'm not listening. Men, you ever feel like that your prayers are just bouncing off of the ceiling coming back to you? It may be that we need to go back and see if we're doing what God has commanded us. You see, guys, with, with being a leader, it carries a great weight of responsibility. The person that's the leader cannot be weak or indecisive, and he cannot be one that lords over those around him. See, there's a world of difference, guys, between a boss and a leader. Our wife doesn't need a boss. She needs a man that leads her, that's loving and respectful and dedicated leader. Men, you can lead with strength and boldness and with great tenderness at the same time. Man, I know what you're thinking right now. You're saying, Shane, I know I need to leave. I need to lead, brother. But, but you don't understand. I work all day. I work 12 hours a day. I do everything I can to provide for my family. And then I come home at the end of the day and I don't have anything left. I don't have anything left to give. you got to understand, I work hard. Guys, I get that. I understand that. But we have to know that success outside the home will never make up for failure inside the home. Because God's glory shines there first. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 
22. And we're going to read all the way to the end. Now, understand, Jesus, I mean, Paul begins right before this verse, and he says to to the people, to the church of Ephesus, submit ye one to another. So it's in this, this, this picture of mutual submission that he goes on to say this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as even Christ is the head of the church, his body, and his himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ as the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Paul writing this letter to the church of Ephesus and he's, he's teaching them how to live out this Christian life, how to live out the, the, the picture of love and how we as husbands and wives are supposed to respond to each other in this family unit. And we see that God basically calls us men to two roles as a husband. Number one, the role of leading and number two, the role of loving. Now tonight we're going we're gonna to focus on the areas of of leading our wives. And we see that there's basically three areas that we should lead our wives in. Number one, we should pastor our wives. Number two, we should provide for our wives. And then number three, we should protect our wives. Now let's start off talking about pastoring our wives. Pastoring our wives or our family is the responsibility of of providing spiritual leadership. Guys, listen to me. We as men of God have to make the decision to be the initiator in our family. Initiation is the core of true leadership. Jesus was an initiator. And he calls us as men to be the initiator as well. And and when we do this, we will begin, we will be able to watch our brides actually flourish in her role. You know, guys, most of the time it's not so much about how to be a leader, but rather it's about having the heart to be a leader. It's making a choice to be a leader. Notice what it says in verse 25 and following. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Guys, God is calling us here to be the, the, the uh, priest of our home. Now, man, hold on just a minute. I, I know what's going through your mind. You're thinking, Shane, pastor my wife? Hold on just a minute. I can protect her, I can provide for her, 
But pastor her, that is way outside of my comfort zone. That is Pastor John's job and Pastor David's job. Their job is to pastor. That's not my calling. That's not my giftedness. I can't do this at all. I'm not capable. Ready for this? Amen. You're exactly right. You can't do this in your own strength. That, causes, that, that draws us straight back to a heart of utter dependence. When we're dependent on God, He'll do through us what He called us to do. Man, if we try to do this in our own strength, we're going to fail every time. Remember, a life of utter dependence is the foundation for any spiritual leadership. Whether you're leading your as a husband at home or whether you're leading somewhere in the church as a, as a woman or a man. All of it must begin with a heart of utter dependence. Now guys, before you start panicking here, let me, let me kind of help you understand some things. Being a spiritual leader doesn't mean that you have to know the Bible better than your wife does. It doesn't even mean that you have to know God better than your wife does. What it does mean, though, is that you are a man that's pursuing Christ. You want to be a good leader, you run after Christ. You let God worry about the, the, the um, you worry about the depth of your relationship with God, and you let God worry about the breadth of your ministry at home. He will take care of that for you. So let me give you some practical handles on this Spiritual leadership. First of all, spiritual leadership is establishing a spiritual compass. This is the area of setting priorities. This means, men, that we got to have biblical priorities in our families. Our lives must always point our family to Christ. Our spiritual compass must always be pointed to Christ. Our wives have to see us live out the model of God, wife, Children, church, work. And let me tell you, men that are, that are in the ministry, we got to be really careful here. Because many times we can put ministry ahead of our wives. And we find ourselves in an affair with ministry. Ministry becomes a mistress. One of the ways we can set the spiritual compass is we can set some family values. I, I set some family values for our family, and I just used our last name as an acrostic, starting out with B. Be holy, for God is holy. This is one of our values as a family. We want to be a family that strives to be holy. We teach this to our children. Another one, love one another. We want to be a family that's represented by loving one another. How about admit when you're wrong? We want to be a family that shows a heart of humility. We admit when we're wrong and we seek forgiveness from each other. Can I tell you, I have to do that often as a daddy that messes up. I have to go to my children and say, baby, please forgive me. Daddy didn't respond correctly in this area. How about cover others with grace? You ever need grace in your family? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's our family members that are the extra grace required people, right? How about K? Keep a heart of dependence. We want to model for our children and for those around us that the only way we can do this thing called life is from a heart of dependence. God, I need you. I want our children to understand that our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags before God. 
We're desperately needy for God's grace. How about show others Christ? We want our family to be centered on the gospel of Christ. We want to point everybody that comes around our family back to Christ. Guys, let me ask you, what are your priorities? What are your family values? Another area of spiritual leadership is setting the spiritual pace. There was a season of my life where I did CrossFit. Now, for you that don't know what CrossFit is, CrossFit is a very high, intense exercise slash workout program, okay? And, and it's, it's rapid pace, and you're working out so much that you feel like you're going to throw up, okay? All right, well, there was this one particular guy that I would watch during my workout. We did what's called WADS, workout of the day. And I would watch this one particular guy, and I would keep my pace as close to his pace as I could. And I knew that if I was keeping up with his pace, I was getting a really good workout. Because, see, guys, somebody is always setting the pace. And God's called us as the spiritual leaders to set the pace in our homes. What does it look like when we actually set the pace in our homes? Well, first of all, like I said, men, it means that we take the initiative. It means we're taking the initiative in our homes. we got to make sure, men, that we're seeking God first. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. How about praying with your wife? That's a great way to set the pace. How about asking your wife what God's doing in her life? How about asking your children what God's doing in their life? Grandparents, let me tell you what value you have in this area. Talking to your children and your grandchildren, asking them what God's doing in their lives. What are you doing as a family to pursue Christ? Man, whatever pace you're setting, listen to me. Your family is following. Another way that we can set the pace is to be men of high integrity. I love this Psalm, David, as the king, he's kind of setting a kingly standard before his people. It's kind of like the moral code of a king. And this is what he says. He says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Man, let me ask you, is that the code that you're setting for your home? As the leader of your home, are you making sure that you're not setting anything before your eyes that is worthless? Are you fleeing evil at all cost? Spiritual leadership also means giving spiritual encouragement. Giving spiritual encouragement. Guys, there will be times in your, in, your, in your marriage that your wife feels like a failure. There will be times in your home where your children feel like a failure. And God has assigned you as the spiritual encourager in your home. Giving words of tenderness and kindness. Tell, tell your family when you see God doing a work in their lives. Find resources for your family that will be helpful. That doesn't mean that you go, here, you need this. 
Rather, it says, you know, God's doing a work in my life with this material. I want to share it with you. How about being authentic, man? Just sharing your struggles with your wife and with your family. How about providing time for your wife to be spiritually fed? Maybe like Thursday at ladies' luncheon. That's a wonderful opportunity for you to give spiritual encouragement. Well, God also calls us to be a provider for our wives, to be a provider for our wives. I heard a story about a guy that really wanted to do this providing thing well, and this was his story. He said, I've worked hard at this providing thing, and I was, I was sitting on the edge of the bed the other night observing my wife as she was looking at herself in the mirror. And since her birthday was not far off, I asked her what she'd like to have for her birthday. She said, I'd like to be six again, as she continued to look at herself in the mirror. So on the morning of her birthday, I rose early, I made her a nice big bowl of Lucky Charms, and then I took her to the Six Flags theme park. What a day. I put her on every ride in the park, the death slide, the wall of fear, the screaming monster roller coaster, everything there was. Five hours later, we staggered out of the theme park. Her head was reeling and her stomach felt upside down. So then I took her to McDonald's where I ordered her a Happy Meal with extra fries and a chocolate shake. Then it was off to the movie with popcorn and soda pop and her favorite candy, M&M's. What a fabulous adventure. Finally, I took her home and she wobbled inside and she absolutely collapsed in bed, exhausted beyond measure. And he says, then I proudly leaned over her and with a big smile on my face, I lovingly asked her, well, dear, what's it like to be six again? And she cracked one eye and looked up at me and her whole expression changed. And she said, I meant my dress size, you idiot. (laughs) Notice what it says in verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. This idea of nourishing and cherishing reflects the responsibility that we have as men to provide for the needs of our wife. And when we do this, it helps her to grow and to mature in Christ. And it gives her comfort and security. And when our wife feels secure, it helps her become the woman that God called her to be. Men, think about something that you cherish. How do you take care of that? That truck? That rifle? That boat? God calls us to provide for our wives. 1 Timothy 5 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than a believer. Guys, this is our responsibility as men. Now, men, this doesn't mean that you have to make more money than your wife. It just means that we have to be faithful to do whatever we can in our power to make sure that our wives and our families are provided for so that she can feel comfort and security. How about this protecting leadership? Notice what it says in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbandly protection is how a Christian man shows love to his wife. It means, men, that we're willing willing to sacrifice everything for her, our hobbies, Our TV time, our needs, our desires, our rights. It means we're not number one guy, she is. Jesus demonstrated this for us. 
We can show this protecting kind of love with our actions. With our actions. By giving up whatever necessary for her. How about with our words? How about with our words? Our words must be gentle and reassuring and not harsh. Notice what it says in Proverbs 29, 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such is as good for building up. Here's the question. Are you willing to give yourself up for your wife? I promise you, men, when you do this, you will give her a great sense of protection. When I think of this thing called protection, I, I think of my buddy on the right side of the screen there. His name's Scott Bryant. Obviously, Scott is a soldier. Scott's just one of these man's man. 2004, Scott, 2003 to 2004, Scott was in Mosul, Iraq. He came back home in 2004, and in 2005, he was called out to Mississippi when Hurricane Katrina hit. He came back home 2006, 2007. His unit got called again to Iraq, where he was responsible for taking IEDs, bombs, out of the roadways. He came back home, and then again in 2013, he was called to Kabul, Afghanistan. He came home in 2014. You see, guys, the same dedication and, and honor and service that, God, that Scott provides for his country, he provides for his family as well. Scott is one of these men that stands strong with honor and integrity. Men, I want to be one of those men. I want my wife to be able to say my husband is a man that stands strong with honor and integrity. I want my children to be able to say my papa is a man that stands strong with honor and integrity. Men, will you be that kind of man? A man that's willing to stand strong with honor and integrity as you are the lamp. As you're the stability, as you pastor, as you provide, as you protect. Man, I want to give you an opportunity to be a man tonight. Sometimes as a man, we have to do uncomfortable things. Here's your homework. As a demonstration of utter dependence tonight, man, before you go to bed, would you take your wife by the hand and pray with her? Now, man, I understand this will be the first time for some of you that you've ever prayed out loud with your wife. Man, it doesn't have to be a big prayer. I, know, I understand this is the most vulnerable and intimate thing you'll ever do with anybody else. She knows you, doesn't she? Man, will you be willing to humble yourself for her sake? Doesn't take a big prayer, but it does take a big man to be willing to humble himself and pray for his bride.